guys, welcome to the show. How you been? Good. Been good. Good, Wonderful. man. Yeah, ready to go. Just had an energy drink. And <laughs> I'm fired up. <laughs> one of the one of the coolest things about uh, about getting to uh, to talk to a lot of people on the podcast is uh, I always say this is how we start every podcast. Uh, I kind of gave you guys a botched intro before the intro. I didn't really tell the tribe much about you guys, but uh, but in your own words, if you can each, uh, starting with Malik, uh, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the tribe. Sure. Um, hi everyone. My name is Malik. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter producer from the band Arham, and uh, it's lovely to be here. And man. Everyone, my name is Man. I am a co-producer of Aranahan. I play drums and I'm responsible for the visual aspects of the band. Thanks for having us. I'm I'm stoked that you said the visual aspect of the band because you guys definitely have a very unique um, visual representation with with the music, which is uh, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, but Thanks. but I wanna I wanna I wanna go back and I wanna kind of understand how this band started. Uh, what was what was what was it like in the first couple of days of figuring out we want to start a band together? I don't think it was music related at all. <laughs> it wasn't music related. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was this gathering that uh, so basically we both had mutual uh, mutual friends. We had a gathering one day in Ramadan, and uh, that was the first time I saw man. And uh, I didn't really know man before that. However, uh, the mutual friends that we had uh, kept telling us, you know, maybe we could do something together. You know, man has a background. Uh, he's he's been involved with multiple bands before Anahan. Same thing with me. So uh, we met the day, and uh, yeah, we, we, it was Ramadan. We had a iftar, and it was done, and everyone left. And I think I left like 15 minutes after him, and. Uh, I saw him in the street uh, with a tree on his car, basically. Wait, what? With a, with a tree on the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the weather was insane that day. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what happened there? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of stayed. Uh, we tried to work out the situation, but uh, I, I think no one was answering that day. Man, please. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, miraculous. It was uh, exactly like that. So uh, it was quite windy that day. And then uh, mm -hmm. after leaving the gathering, I just I was looking for my car and I couldn't find it. And I, I so like I don't know if it was I don't know. There was a tree on my car and I I didn't know what to do or what to say and. Uh, so all of the people who I had just met Malik that day and I had two other friends with me. So my friends left. They left me alone and abandoned me. But Malik, who I just met like a few minutes ago, actually stayed with me until the situation was resolved. So in the beginning, when they introduced us uh, to each other and they suggested that we work on music, I think we both thought nothing of it. We didn't yeah. think that this was going to work. But then when Malik stayed with me, I thought, man, this guy... This guy, if my friend left him, this guy is, man, he's, he's something. So I thought, no, let's give this another shot. And then I called him two days after, and then we got together and discovered that we have a lot, a lot, a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> the chat saying uh, it, it brings a whole different name to, to falling in love. Love at first sight, <laughs> but then the tree, the tree was the thing that fell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally fell in love. <laughs> 
but yeah that's that's kind of a crazy situation to be in the fact that you guys met through like just um a very intense like stressful situation and then figured out that you guys play music and and do all that stuff that that synergy was based on starting with a friendship i i presume like that's that's how it was built after that yeah yeah i think that's that's pretty much why uh, like specifically things are working out in, in, in this direction is i think because it's, it's it's more about just the music you know like yeah yeah Comicos in the chat says, so a tree finally fell and it did make a sound. <laughs> um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the scene, because that was the very first question. And we're going to get a few of them. I know uh, a lot of the, the tribe are very, uh, very curious about the Saudi Arabian scene. Pigeon Show, what's going on? Uh, we've had we've had some um, of the. Uh, of, of the Saudi Arabian rock and metal musicians on the podcast. We've talked, you know, to, to Fawaz from Creative, Creative Waste and a bunch of other people. Awesome. And um, it's always very interesting because it, at now the scenes are obviously opening up a little more. You guys played a show yesterday. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot going on. But take me back to when you guys first started getting into music. Uh, what the scene was like then and what it was like for you guys growing up and falling in love with rock and metal in a place that doesn't you, you you don't go out to a show back then you don't just you know pop into a venue and and see a band play what was it like for you guys uh, starting with men well uh, i think i started in 2002 or 2000 2003 uh and there wasn't it was it was pretty much an underground scene i i don't know if it's if it's still considered underground today it's it's definitely as you said uh, it's definitely uh, spying to something beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so back then, I feel like a lot of it was underground. A lot of the gigs were underground. And, uh, you know, it started, uh, I'm not sure how I can say this. Uh, Malik, do you want to help me with this? Uh, let's just say that it wasn't really as, as accessible and as welcoming as it is today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there were definitely a lot of uh, restrictions um not to mention the fact that no you know like when it came to like rock and metal music that was like yeah it, it, let's say extra restrictions and extra i don't know stress over making music in general uh but yeah uh, man was much more involved at that time than me uh if anything i'm kind of lucky like, i got onto the scene where things were kind of starting to work out in a sense so yeah I mean, we got in trouble a couple of times back in the day, but maybe that's a, a topic for another day. So, what? But just out of curiosity, what kind of of uh, trouble does that does that entail? Like, is because you know we've talked to you know even even bands from Jordan. Uh, we had uh, our, our very last guest um, Zaid Amarin from Asadik has was talking about times when you know they got arrested and had his head shaved because he oh, had wow. long hair and was wearing a Slayer oh, T-shirt. Wow um stuff like that how crazy was it back then especially given that that you guys you know it, it's a gradual kind of acceptance of the genre in um in in the country uh what, what kind of stuff did did it get did it get up to like how 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 bad was it this is what i'm asking it wasn't so 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 bad like i would say Jeddah was a, a bit much more open perhaps than some of the other cities in saudi arabia so it wasn't like a life and death situation. So yeah. uh, 
I mean, perhaps people got arrested. Thankfully, I, I haven't experienced that. But we had a few shows shut down and uh, had to sign some papers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 this, the very standard uh, delayed Middle Eastern reaction to rock and metal. That's that's the way we. It's not it's not very different. That's another thing that a lot of people don't necessarily know. A lot of people think that Saudi Arabia, uh, especially when it comes to to the genre, had much more extreme reactions to uh, to people playing it or people sharing it or playing the music or whatever. And um, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, Jordan has had raids on venues and and Lebanon uh, did that whole uh, wave of like catching the Satanist metalheads uh, thing that happened. And uh, I feel like Saudi Arabia wasn't as e as extreme as, as those guys even. Uh, we've we've had, you know, bands from Saudi Arabia be uh, playing all over all over the uh, Middle East. And uh, and they've always told us cool stories like, eh, you know, we get questions. We get uh, we get some things here and there, but nothing as crazy as like, you know, the Lebanon and Jordan and, and Syria, for example. Yeah. Iman, I, Iman Ahmed Music is in the chat. Uh, triggered every time Adnan says genre. Hey, Iman Ahmed Music, another, another homie from uh, Bahrain. What's going on? Thank you for being here. Shout out to Iman. She's amazing. Check out her new song. Yes, definitely do. Lego is, is an amazing track. Um, yeah. But let's let's take it let's take it a, a little further down the timeline. You guys started getting into into music and stuff. When when was uh, when was the inclination each to to like you know what I'm gonna start making music instead of just listening to it. When when did that start kicking off for you? I'd say probably around 2015. Um, I mean, like uh, my introduction to music was was more on the let's say writing aspects of things rather than you know understanding music or like uh, composition or production. Um, first time I met, uh, first time I got into music was uh, actually in this uh, variety show. Uh, I was going there. Um, and I had to perform the song, and I performed it. Uh, they said it was good, I still don't believe that. But uh, a very dear friend of mine uh, called Faris, my bandmate from uh, Skeleton Crowd, uh, heard that and he was like, you know what? We could start a band. And I was like, well, if you think so, I guess, sure. And uh, that's that, that was kind of my introduction to music in general. But I started taking it seriously I think around 2016, 2017, also with Faris. And uh, here we are now, yeah. With Matt so, and Faris with Skeleton Crowd. I'm, I'm curious about the, the variety show. What kind of uh, what kind of show was it? What kind of uh, introduction to, uh, to, to... What were you playing on a variety show? I'm assuming it's on TV, right? No, no, no. It was, it was the most exclusive, random thing. It was like, on a very small scale. I, I was on the summer camp... Uh, program in, uh, in, in Canada and uh, basically a couple of days before like uh, the final uh, let's call it ceremony they had this variety show where just the students could do some stuff and I had to do something and I didn't know what to do honestly so I just got up and sang uh, uh, an rendition of Hallelujah and uh, mm -hmm. here we are now. So you sang Hallelujah? I did. That's a that's a hard, yeah. very hard swing <laughs> for the first time you ever uh, perform live. That's 
He's saying hallelujah, yeah, exactly. Which um, version? Uh, Jim Buckley's. Oh, man. That's a heavy swing. Oh, what wow. about you? What about you, man? Uh, yeah, so what was the question? How, how, how did that first switch of like, uh, not only am I getting into this music, but I'm going to start playing it live and I'm going to, you know, dive deeper into making that music. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to remember, like, when did I first get into rock? I think it was yeah, 20, 2001, 2002, and I think the first band I heard was Korn. And I was, uh, my world changed. I, I did not know what to make of what I was hearing. And uh, so soon after, I was just curious about the sound. And I think my first instrument was a guitar. So we started playing guitar in, in high school, uh, me and a friend of mine. And then a third friend joined us, started playing drums. And then we would get together every weekend and uh, just play Offspring, Korn, and obviously Rage Against the Machine and, and stuff. And uh, yeah, at, at first we thought nothing of it. But then as the year uh, went on, my two friends stopped playing and I kept playing, I kept playing. I found, like, I just found sanctuary in it. And then, uh, yeah, I think a few years later I had uh, a bad surgery and I honestly couldn't do anything but play drums. And that was when I like completely focused on drums. I dropped guitar, I dropped bass and everything and focused on drums and, and just really connected with it. And because I'm lazy, I didn't want to learn scales and stuff. So. <laughs> You know, I started as a drummer as well, and I, I had I had the same idea of like, listen, man, I know how to hit things. Okay, I, you don't don't tell me this 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 note is not in the right key or whatever the fuck you're talking exactly. about. I just want to hit things. Exactly. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, but um, but at that time when you guys were jamming with with two friends just at home, was there was there a perception of like, oh, we might be doing this? live at some point in front of a crowd that knows our songs or was it just like hey listen let's just play some covers it's fun that, that's that's exactly it we just thought we were gonna play some covers because there were no venues back in the day no anywhere you can go to play in public in saudi arabia so we'd occasionally just uh, like there'd be like a small house party or something and we, we'd play in it and then like maybe in 2009 10 11 uh a few people started some open mics and then we started to go to these open mics and they were largely underground like very 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 exclusive and we'd go and play and then we'd get a good reaction um so i think that's how it started and then i, I started making my own music and started the soundcloud page and that's when our mutual friends introduced me to malik they thought you should you guys should play together you know what's amazing about uh, about a lot of the Saudi Arabian scene, or at least maybe even more the Middle Eastern metal scene uh, that that I've learned is you guys both introduce yourselves as as not only musicians but you guys are producers as well. And I I feel and correct me if I'm wrong, the lack of uh, outside producers or like studios that you can just go to and just be like, hey man, this is the kind of sound I want, uh, creates that need for you to learn how to produce your own music and how to record it and how to start make, getting that sound that's in your head uh, somewhere somewhere on tape for, for it to be audible. Uh, was that was that the case for, for either of you guys? Most definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can remember for a fact when I first started, started with writing songs with, uh, with Travis and Spencer Trout, uh, I had a huge problem when it came to, let's say, uh, you know, conveying certain ideas 
in a non-musical terminology, you know? I, yeah. I couldn't did, did you guys did you guys do the like i want it it's got to be bubblier like this <laughs> man if like the amount of voice notes that I, that i would send they'd be like listen it needs to sound like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and it's, it's it, it was insane so uh and and at the same time like uh we we didn't really know anyone that uh we could work with hand in hand when it came to production who could understand let's say uh the general perception of things or, or at least like the, sa- the sounds that we really like wanted to to, to showcase uh, within the music so yeah we kind of had to get into production and honestly at least for me personally I feel like the most fun i have when it comes to the whole process of writing songs and making music is is, is the production aspect like the, the production part of it it's just so much fun so much creativity experimentation in there um, so this is actually uh, it ties into a question that uh, Millie just asked. And by the way, Millie, thank you for hitting that follow and welcome to the tribe, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, uh, what was your favorite track to uh, to make or record? Um, and we're jumping we're jumping a little bit further in time, but uh, but I want to know about the two different hats that you guys are wearing as one as a musician, one as as producers, co-producers working together. Uh, how how does that work? And and what was the favorite? moment if there was one making or recording songs together man do you want to take this one <laughs> i actually just want to say how amazing malik is we just we're like on a different level telepathically honestly if i send malik a fart malik will will be able to like sing on it too. <laughs> <laughs> use so. use that sample for a bass drop just <laughs> we seriously we've never had that that issue uh i don't know how he's it's just open even though we listen to completely different things i think we have yeah. zero bands in common the only band we have yeah. in common is maybe rammstein i think rammstein yeah yeah but malik would like i would send malik like i said anything and he would be able to i don't know how but figure out exactly what goes with it and it would end up sounding a lot like corn for example and malik has never heard corn at that moment i think <laughs> or maybe a couple of songs but uh and he's very open to anything that i do and i'm very open to anything he does and so it's just been a blessing, I guess. So Malik is to thank for that. Uh, it is. It is a blessing. Part of Honestly. the process. Yeah, yeah. I like. I, I like the fact that when we when we write songs, we basically write songs for the sole purpose of of of, of servicing the narrative, not really trying to restrict ourselves to a certain sound or a certain, let's say, sonical direction. So we're completely open to, okay, what kind of sounds would fit this story or this narrative specifically. We're completely open to changing things and experimenting on things. Uh, so yeah, going back to the question of like which uh, which track was most fun to work on, at least produce. For me personally, and I don't know about man, uh, uh, it was it was a song called Rakhis that we actually released very recently. But we started working on Rakhis, I think, uh, in lockdown, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. we started working on. Uh, in the lockdown and man sent me this uh insanely good uh, drum uh, like phrasing and i listened to it and i was like whoa this is, this is this is really good and we kept experimenting and going back and forth with it and i'm super proud of the results like i think i think i think the abakis is, is, is one of those songs that i really has a special place would you say it's your favorite on an ahan song 
I don't want to say it is my favorite, but I think it kind of is. <laughs> it's one of, one of the hardest questions in the world is to ask uh, band members which one is your favorite song. Also, yeah. I found more often than not, it's usually the last one you've worked on, which is a very good, healthy sign, right? It's the like the last one you released is your favorite. It's because it's like it's now it's out there, and then the next one will be your favorite. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd beg to differ. I don't think it's my favorite song. I know Malik loves it, and I love it, but uh, I would say uh, my favorite song to work on was uh, Yom Bidun Shams, A Sunless Morning. Uh, I don't know, that song is special because it started with me and Malik just uh, on acoustic guitar and uh, singing. And it's something I think I seriously wrote on guitar from 2004 or something. Wow. And I, I thought nothing of it. And I used it in a in like multiple songs that I wrote. And that part was the riff from the song has always stuck with me until I met Malik and I, I played the riff for him and he like instantly just made a, a like a melody for it and started singing on it. And I, I just love the theme of the song yeah. and just the atmosphere. So we have two versions of that song, the acoustic version, which was the first version we wrote and then the full band version, which the guys uh, Saif and Shahir and Saleh did amazing stuff on. Yeah. So I would recommend that song. I don't know, it's my favorite song. Well, maybe maybe we can A-B the two. Maybe when we uh, we spend some time uh, showing the tribe just uh, what Ananahan Ana sounds like, maybe we can uh, we can play both of those guys. Just uh, sure. give it give it a little bit of a little bit of the spectrum. Um, that's, that's but speaking of that, I, I already see the chat uh, asking about how to spell things and what it means and all that stuff. Let's let's start talking about uh, the band name first of all, uh, and and the decision uh, to keep. The, uh, the the music and the lyrics and 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 the vibe in Arabic um it's very easy uh myself included to to be influenced by you know western rock and metal and uh we we're all bilingual so it's just easier to to go down the the you know we we are all speak English the rock and metal is English you speak English uh, during the rock and metal kind of thing you guys uh, you guys took a sidestep and went no we're gonna we're going to stick to the mother tongue. We're going to stick to Arabic. What what was the decision like at the very beginning? I think Malik. Uh, well, Malik, um, yeah, I think I think uh, if, like in the very beginning, when we first started talking about like what kind of subjects we wanted to, to talk about in, in the songs, what kind of thematic direction we wanted to tackle it was very much based on, let's say, uh, local social issues, like things that were very much rooted within the culture, let's say. Yeah. So what's the best way to reach to a culture is to speak with them with their language, basically. And uh, one of the decisions that we kind of wanted, uh, that we kind of like decided on from the beginning was to make sure that we were speaking in a very vernacular language also. So we're not talking like in traditional Arabic or like, uh, you know, like old Arabic. No, we're, we're very much talking in a language that resonates with, let's say, uh, the Hijazi, let's say, uh, culture, which is, uh, we're, we're both from Jeddah, basically. So, and we all know about these issues. We live these issues. Let's talk about these issues in a language that people can understand. And at the same time, um, when you introduce, let's say, like um, music, basically rock or metal music to, 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 to a culture that does not necessarily understand that kind of music properly, um, 
what's the best way to get them to appreciate or understand it in a much more profound manner is to speak mm-hmm. with them in a way that they wholeheartedly understand. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 why we kind of went on with that direction. Yeah. Even though, even though, we do have an English version for every single song we wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the secret is out. But I, I feel <laughs> the like the Hijazi accent that we. I, I feel that it's not. We're not the first to do it. Definitely, there are yeah. other that have done it. Uh, but I think we find, especially that the Hijazi accent is maybe hard to use in melodies or hard to sing in, as opposed to, for example, the Egyptian accent accents, uh, a beautiful accent that that is very. Uh, I don't know what the the phrases like it's. The accent itself has a melody, and it's so it's 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 very uh, maybe I don't want to say easy to use, but it's uh, it's a musical accent, and that's amazing. Same thing with the Lebanese and maybe with the Khaliji, but I feel with the Hijazi it was very difficult for us to try to you know sing in it without sounding without stretching the words without. Uh, so I feel it was a hit and miss. We did not know that it was going to succeed. So as Malik said, a lot of our songs are start out in English. And then we yeah. kind of translate them. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, Bragner, um, all the way from from Doha, Qatar, says uh, not a question, but I, I just want to say that I'm very happy to see Arabic rock slash metal artists release music in Arabic. It's so rare and so refreshing to see. Good luck to the guys on the rest of their journey. Thank uh, you. Huge shout out Thank to uh, so to Bragadocious there. Thanks, Bragadocious. Uh, and Abzi's in the house. What's going on, Abzi? He just yeah, let a phone. Yeah. <laughs> shout Absolute out legend yes shout sir out to Absi. um the, i wanna i wanna there's a couple of more questions in the in the question box but i want to get to know a little bit about the name because i saw uh Waji and and a couple of other uh people in the chat asking about the the meaning behind the name and the decision to make it so um Ana Nahan. Ana Nahan. yes what does that what does that mean uh, not necessarily what does it mean just only in translation, but what does it mean to you? So I think we, each of us has uh, their own story. So yeah. do you want to start with your story, Malik? What would sure. you translate Ananahan to anyway? Sure. So uh, the way I perceive Ananahan is we talk about these social issues in a way that is not preachy. We talk about it in a way where we're just acknowledging them and we're very much uh, dictating or like he's saying that we're part of these issues so in a sense we're part of society as much as society is part of us so which kind of translates into um, me uh, we or like uh, us I something like that so uh, yeah we're talking about social issues issues that we can all relate to but at the same time we are part of these issues and we live them on a daily basis so we're part of society as much as society is part of us and that's that's basically what Anahan means to me yeah i would translate it into well, ana means i and then nahan means us i would translate it into i am us or i am we something like that uh, yeah. so i think the other story for the name is that when we started uh i think we were you know, we weren't sure how this is going to go. So we wanted to, to make a plan where if it's just Malik alone, he can make the music. If it's me and Malik, we can make the music. If it's us and Shahir and Saif and Saleh, we can make the music. So we wanted it to be like a, a big blanket project for all of our 
small projects. And that's so I am the Anna and the Nahn, or Saif nice. is the Anna and the yeah. Nahn. Yeah. Very cool, man. Both interpretations are, are amazing. And I can see in the chat, um, a lot of people are, are really digging this. Rex is saying, this is so cool. I feel uh, proud I am Arab. Thank you, guys. Shout out to Rex. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yo. You forgot the dot. Yeah, the dot. We talked about oh, yeah, the dot just before we started. <laughs> There's a dot in the name and a seven in the name. So for um, for Kamikaze that was uh, just asking, he also says, I, I wondered why uh, so much Middle Eastern metal uh, was English. Um, there's a there's a there's a I don't I don't even know what to call it when we type you can type in English letters uh, and use numbers to you to to sound out all the letters that we have in Arabic that aren't in English so the seven is the the half sound um, so Ananahan is a n a n seven n and uh, and yeah, and there's a there's a period in in between uh, the two words. Is that was that something that was uh, picked out artistically? Was it like a social media handle that stuck? How how did you guys come up uh, with, with the with the visual representation of that name? Honestly, you just said it. That was that was exactly <laughs> it. Just visual branding. We wanted yeah. yeah, we just. But luckily, hey, the the social media handle worked out well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, because <laughs> Anna Nahn was taken. Anna Anna Nahn, like without the dot, was taken. So yeah. Yeah, no, it looks good and and it separates it because without it, and I actually saw it. Without it, it's it's much more difficult to to separate the two the two words. Yeah. That's very cool. Oh, uh, yo, uh, I just saw who just hit that follow. Uh, yo, grieving Ahmed, how's it going, man? Oh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ahmed, Ahmed is a legend. And has a yeah, legendary we're, beard. We're gonna boss. we're we're gonna dive a little deeper into into the whole Saudi uh, Arabian scene over there. Um, but we have we have a very interesting question from uh, Verunia Khan. Massive shout out to VK. Um, are there many? Are there any mis uh, missteps in the formation or duration of the band that you wish you could go back and do differently, or ones you're gl glad you learned from the hard way? That's a very good question. Um, Let's let's dive a little into the the process of the band answering that question, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll keep pinging back and forth if you guys don't mind. So, are there any missteps in the formation or or while you guys were in the band that you wish you can go back and do differently at this point in time? Well, for me, I'd say uh, I think it's the mixing for our first song, uh, which is called Ishso Wit. Um, at the moment, we were just trying because. The interesting thing is that we have two bass players. We don't have a guitar player. So it's uh, me on drums, Malik on singing, and then we have Shahir and Saif, both on bass. We call them bass one and bass two, or if you want to call them uh, rhythm and lead bass. And then we have Saleh that does everything else, basically. He plays the tabla, he plays the, uh, the keyboards. So in our first song, we, we weren't sure that we, we were going to stick with the, with the two bass uh, ideas. It was, it was really tricky to mix. So we think maybe our first song could be remixed. What would you say, Mark? I, I think I, I think I agree. Despite the fact that I really love that song, I do yeah. think it could have sounded better. We we just we were, we were just starting out. We we're just trying out this new dynamic of like two bases, and uh, we really didn't know how it was supposed to sound. Yeah, we did have a reference for that. Exactly, and and we kind of figured it out like later on. But yeah, uh, yeah if, if we had the power to to remix 
uh, SO8 and, and apply basically um, what we know the knowledge now. that we have yeah. now about like mixing two bases and just like mixing and mastering in general. I think it would have it would have sounded much more uh, better. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Ahmed in the chat saying it can be redone, you guys. It can be redone. <laughs> oh yes, I love. We it. know who to hit up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, Ace specifying, by the way, Ace from Steel Shout um, saying, uh, uh, guys, this is uh, Ahmed, he's the boss of all the sound records here in Jeddah, also the vocalist of Grooving Age uh, and Death Noise Frequency. Hell yeah. Thank you for clarifying that for the chat. Bregner uh, asking also, a lot of Western style Arabic musicians have an English upbringing, uh, thus influencing their musicianship. This leads to English being their primary language for writing. It's not as much that their Arabic is weaker as their English is stronger. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And both of you guys uh, mentioned, you know, you've you've done time abroad. It's not necessarily uh, 100% Saudi Arabia. You guys both obviously speak uh, English very well. Um, and uh, and is there is there that itch? You you, you said there's a there's an English version of each of the songs. Is there an itch to be like let's just let's just see what the English. Uh, version of that song does and no one throw up the version emotes please thank you <laughs> well, they say I say version weird we have a virgin emote because I say it with a J <laughs> I, I actually very much agree with the points made um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like at least from a personal perspective um, I do to a certain level feel that my uh, Arabic writing is weak and uh, I was kind of brought up with a lot of, you know, like English mediums around me, uh, be it video games, movies, books, music, whatever it is. And the music that I was mostly exposed to was English music. So being part of Anaheim mainly and like going out of that place of trying to, like basically trying to get out of the comfort zone that is basically writing in English. So basically what happens is when we write a song, usually I start writing the melodies in English and then I would send these melodies and words to Ma'an. And Ma'an being the amazing Arabic writer that, he, Thank you. that makes him, that, that is him basically. Uh, he would take those words and melodies and he would just, he wouldn't translate them. He would just really repurpose those meanings in a way that he was very much genuine and, and, and truthful. Um, and what I do find very empowering and gratifying is the fact that when I start singing those same melodies in Arabic and in a very much like a vernacular language, the attitude kind of changes. Mm -hmm. and honestly, I'm not trying to exaggerate or anything like that, but it kind of gives me this boost of performance that sounds different, but much better. Yeah, that's very interesting. The idea of, um, Maybe even the same, um, like a, not even you, you use the term uh, repurposed, like a repurposed uh, lyric uh, and translated into Arabic and, and made a little different. Even though it has the same direction, just saying it in Arabic gives it and gives it a whole new uh, attitude, kind of uh, a, whole, a whole new vibe in general. Most definitely, yeah. That's very cool. And did you guys have you guys thought about? Let's let's try to A B a song and see what it does in English. Or th this is the visual rep this is the uh, sonic representation of it. This is the way we want to deliver that message, and we're sticking to to the main roots of of representing 
this sound with this this language basically um i do honestly think that we found a very comfortable place where we can express ourselves properly without uh you know feeling like we're i'm not faking things out or anything like anything like that while you know representing it properly also from a sonical direction because at the same time we do know that our influences when it comes to music are in a to a certain degree uh, western but uh, we also try to implement these elements that make it stand out and make it feel very much you know culturally relevant so like for an example uh, in the last song we released Rakhis, uh man uh, came up to me one day and he was like listen we have this bit in the song that kind of has space what if we add mawal in there mawal is this type of singing that is very uh, uh, would it be fair to say that it's very hijazi a mawal is I, it's very traditional to say the least right yeah it is it's definitely traditional but we we thought about it and we were like you know what let's let's give it let's give it a shot and i took man's uh Suggestion basically, I, I, I called up one of my friends named Abdullah Rajab. Shout out to Abdullah Rajab. He's a very good, let's, uh, Mawalist for the lack of a better word. <laughs> and uh, we just played the song to him, honestly. We just played the song and we didn't give him any direction. And he just went on and it sounded on point. So I don't think we do have any kind of problem with the sonical direction of the music itself, mm-hmm. as long as let's say uh, the the narrative and cultural representation is there through the words and some of the elements that we implement within the composition that's that's i'm sure i'm sure there's a, like a yeah there's like a whole release uh, that we can you know sometime sometimes in the future do like a full english album of all these tracks release them as b-sides or, or something yeah, so they're there. Cool. They exist. <laughs> but the idea, the idea that you don't even need um, internally, yeah. like you don't need uh, to to stretch it to to English to be able to convey the the thoughts and emotions and 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 the messages that you want to convey, right? It's it, you you have plenty of mediums in Arabic, like something like the Mawal, to to express uh, all the things that you already want to express, which I think is very fucking cool. And a great point, yeah. by the way, like when, whenever someone talks about um, English versus Arabic, especially rock and metal coming out of the Middle East, uh, a lot of people say, because I express it better in, in English, like uh, Bragner was saying. But um, but yeah, I never thought about like stretch, just how far you can stretch it using traditional Arabic sounds uh, that might not only uh, sound good on, 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 a, on a song, but expand the vocabulary that you're using. To, to express even more uh, crazy shit in, in songs and, and uh, records. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's absolutely cool. You guys, um, I want to I wanna just make sure that everyone... I, I saw someone say... Uh, Fruit Pip was saying the question box is out of stock. Let me just make sure that the question box is up and running. Um, it should be up and running. So if you guys have any more questions, just drop it over there. If it uh, if it says out of stock, just like double click the uh, the the little um, dancing man guy uh, test. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Derpy Pause. Perfect. 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 Um, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about uh, 
about the scene because you guys like it, there was a show yesterday uh there there have been shows since the pandemic started opening there just before everything went into lockdown creative waste and wasted land were playing death metal shows in in coffee shops and at new venues it it's things are things are not what people think saudi arabia is like uh over there um what was it how has it been for for a band that tra tra is is growing with the scene so do you want to tell us about the show that you played yesterday malik unfortunately i couldn't be a part of the show i uh I think my last show with you guys was before the quarantine or yeah right yeah. right after the quarantine i think it was was it after or before i think it was before no it was before, it was before. the the one in, 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 in version oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was yeah one day before, before, the before yeah <laughs> yeah so unfortunately i uh, i moved to the uk i think about six months ago and uh you know, as much as I would have loved to play the show with you guys yesterday, how was it? Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, so so one of the beautiful things is uh, is that yesterday uh, when we were doing the show, and also as like post-show when we were, when we were like uh, watching Wasted Land perform, one of the things that kind of you know what was going through my head was like, wow, this is this is incredibly surreal that this is happening right now publicly. Uh, legally and and there are people in the venue who actually are having fun having a good time yeah not necessarily people who are into metal and like rock in general um what and, and, and one of the cool things that we're experiencing at the moment is that there were like th there were a lot of metal acts that were very much present let's say uh back in the day super underground and kind of disappeared without a trace. So with the current movement that is happening right now, a lot of them are coming back into the scene, like, you know, gradually and you would like, suddenly the band that was, I don't know, playing back in 28, uh, is popping up now and yeah. suddenly Wasted Land is popping up, the Mortal Pain are back, uh, Creative Waste, uh, This Noise Frequency, Grieving Age, all of these things, all of these bands are coming back uh, in the scene and I don't, I don't want to use the word like renaissance to make it sound cheesy or like uh, exaggerating, but it's really nice to see all of them, not from a, a, a musical standpoint, but also from like a, 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 let's say, a morale kind of point of view. It's just nice to see those people who were doing so much to make their music and couldn't, but now they have the chance to do it like with ease and without trying to hide anything it just feels it just feels nice if that makes any sense isn't that isn't that a crazy thought um and this question goes to to everybody in chat to be and you use the word legally which i i love to be playing a show legally with with people uh, it, it, you know the general public can come show up and enjoy rock and, and metal um is uh as a, as a new feeling you know what i mean like this is this is um, a huge step massive step and i i i don't know if everybody in the chat knows you know the history of uh of uh, it is a crazy as fuck yes yeah there there you go Riz. It, i don't know if everyone knows the history but can you imagine 
um, to everybody where, where you're tuning in from, uh, being being deprived of that uh, for for at least uh, you know your your duration as as a musician or as a as a creator. I think it's um, it's kind of crazy and it's absolutely amazing. I want to play Saudi Arabia. I want Zvengali to to play Saudi Arabia. I want to be there. And you could pretty much do that like uh, in big venues now, which is the, like the venue we played yesterday was called uh, the Music Space. And in music space is, is usually this very you know. Um, What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Posh. It's very posh. You think? <laughs> so usually, yeah. it like it would play like jazz music, pop music, etc., etc. So just the fact that you know, like they had a metal night yesterday, it's 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 honestly surreal. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's Bengali and the, the music space. Yeah, I'm, and I'm down. We've been having, I think, uh, over the, the past couple of months, we had uh, bands from Bahrain play, and that's that's just amazing to see, man. Yeah, yeah. We, really had, we, had, we, we had Mijaz play, yeah. which was awesome. I want to I introduce uh, everybody that's in the chat to the sound that is Ananahan. Um, so I think we're going to play Arkhis. Uh, uh, and then what else are we going to play? Do you want the crowd's favorite or do you want my favorite? <laughs> I want you guys whatever whatever you want uh, to uh, to introduce to uh, to the tribe. What, whatever you feel best represents it. Then I'd say Yom Bidun Shams. Yeah, I'd say Yom Bidun Shams is a good start, yeah. Let's do that. So, you guys, everybody that's in the chat right now, we're going to be uh, muting this background music. Look at this, look at this. Such a such a professional, you guys. I'm such a oh, professional. Yeah. Why is Slayer playing? Um, <laughs> that was from the last stream. Um, but uh, uh, we have a ton of questions in the question box that we're going to get to right after these two songs. So if you haven't already asked a question, drop it in now. Uh, and uh, and we'll be here. We'll be here listening along with you guys. And um, there we go. Added to the queue. And let us know if you can hear everything, see everything. And boom. You guys know what to do if uh, if you like the song. I want to see some fires. I want to see some confettis. Shit, why'd you with the mosh pit already? Ace in the mosh pit. 
Are these guys in the new wave of Middle Eastern metal playlist? Yes. For those that don't know what uh, Four Derpy Pals is talking about, exclamation point new wave in the chat. They've got a Spotify playlist that, uh, that has the best of the rock and metal scene from the Middle East. fires all the fires chat VK with that clap Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Look, look at you guys. You guys went, you guys went berserk with the uh, with the fires. That was absolutely amazing, guys. That was absolutely amazing. I want to ask everybody in the chat if this was um, if this was your first time hearing and uh, and listening to the to the band, or or have you checked them out before? Just a, a simple yes or no in the chat, and. Um, Tell, give us a little background on on the song, you guys. Give us a little background on uh, on the track itself. Um, so this is the track that, that we worked on in in, uh, in the quarantine, and um, basically, uh, Manu, do, do you want to talk about like uh, the concept of rachis? Well, I'll just uh, start by translating the name. I think we agreed on a translation for the title, uh, Cheap Talk. That's, yeah. that's what Orchis means. And uh, in a nutshell, I think it's basically about uh, hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Would you want to add anything to that, Malik? Uh, yeah, basically, it's about hypocrites. It's about uh, people that you meet uh, on a daily basis that uh, keep on giving you cheap talk. And uh, a huge part of, 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 of the attitude of the song was that we wanted to convey the singing also in a cheap, uh, in a cheap way, in, in, in a very yeah. much uh, a provoking way, especially the part where uh, it goes, uh, you know, it yeah, yeah. does sound, sound like kind of cheap. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's about that. 
And uh, I do remember like the very first thing that Martin sent and when we, when we were in lockdown was uh, was the drums basically. He just, he just sent me the drums and he was like, what do you think about this? And uh, the, the whole concept of, 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 of Rahis or Cheap Talk is uh, after the gig we did, uh, before the lockdown, we were having like dinner and uh, Shahir, uh, which is uh, one of the bassists, Fanahan was like, uh, we should make a song about uh, Cheap Talk, you know, which is like uh, Rahis. And he, and he just said it in passing. But uh, it was it was honestly an interesting subject, uh, and it's very much related to the to the theme and concept of of, of the overall album that we're uh, working on. And uh, here it is. That's 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 what it is. I like Malik's uh, like Malik's influ- influence on the track. He really insisted that we he wanted something so dirty and gritty. Mm-hmm. As and and I think Malik is is great with the uh, textures, so he's responsible in in all of that in our music. Like he, he want he even wants the texture to convey a message. Yeah. And so I was he, about to say there's there's no it didn't feel like you guys have any restriction when it comes to like where you would take the track. Uh, there's no genre box necessarily. There's you know the, the vocals are all over the place. There's there's a little bit of everything that supports uh, make like you know visualizing the, that sound, right, which I, I think feel, is very rare, by the way. I think we're basically just uh, making music that we want to listen to. Yeah, yeah, there you <laughs> <Sure>. go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, Riz Zero was uh, was asking about the uh, the video itself, the 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 graphics uh, that goes with uh, with Ananahan. And uh, man, you uh, you take charge in on on those on those elements. Yes, sir. And what is what is the influence behind it? Is is the music influencing the visual? Is the visual influencing? the music or is there like a certain image in your head that that is an anahan all-encompassing kind of uh, kind of thing well i think I'll, i'll start with the with the basic idea of anahan when it comes to the visual side i think when we started uh we wanted our instagram to be a like sort of a booklet for the band because when we were growing up and we'd buy the cds and stuff i like the booklet was such a important part of the music experience yeah and like and until this day i have a few albums that when i look back on i can see the artwork before i can actually hear the song in my head and yeah. we wanted to sort of recreate this with our instagram account for example so we wanted the instagram account to be the booklet for our album and then what we're doing with the album is that we're making a concept album so all songs are related and they all have like a central theme for the album And uh, so I think it's it's influenced by all this. So all the graphics are influenced by the actual graphic for the entire album. And then each song has its own theme. And then I try to draw the theme from the music. So a lot of the times I'm, I'm and Malik hates me for this, for being late on, on submissions when it comes to that. But a lot of times <laughs> I like draw the inspiration, the visual inspiration after hearing the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sometimes our, our people who listen to us Our beloved fans ask us, why are you so late? Why do you release like one song every, you know, two months or three months? And yeah, I think I, I take the blame for that sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> like the the visual aspect it's, is what holds the band. But I think that that was one of our goals from the beginning. We wanted Ananahan to be like a collection of three things that we yeah. are passionate about, which is... It's, 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 it's a process and it should take its time, basically. At least that's what we yeah. did. Yeah. So what, are, so, what are the three things? 
So there's the storytelling and Malik is, I would say, solely responsible for, for that part of the project. Malik is a great storyteller. He just, he just, I don't know, he, he wows me with the, like the scenarios and stories he comes up with. And I think he's working on a novel. Do you want to, do you want to share that? <laughs> um, I think let's, let's stick to the music for now. All right, all right. <laughs> Okay, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes, by the way. I just wrote, talk about novel. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was the first aspect. And uh, so, like Malik said earlier, that a lot of songs, a lot of our songs, we just get together and we have a conversation. And th this conversation actually leads into the writing of the song. Malik's, uh, Malik comes up with the uh, story. And so the, the, the second part is the uh, visual aspect of the band. And like I said, it's just... Uh, it's inspired by the music. How how do we want people listening to the music to feel? And this is what mm -hmm. I try to, you know, contribute to the Ananahim project. And then the third one, which is the music, which is uh, a collaboration between us two and between the rest of the, the members of the band. Yeah. It's very, very cool. music we want to hear. Do we, do we I... want to... I think, I think we, should, we, should, we should talk about the other band members, if that's okay with you also. We should... At least give you like a basic rundown of what each one does basically yeah absolutely that was actually what i was going to say i was i was going to uh, ask about the the full uh, lineup uh, outside of uh, outside of just you guys and uh, prep for for the next track but i just wanted to um i just wanted to shout out prodigal space thank you for the raid my friend welcome everybody and uh, if you guys uh, if you guys want to know who our guests are exclamation point guest in the chat exclamation point podcast exclamation point all the stuff you guys know what to do thank you prodigal i fucking love you man um but yeah let's let's talk about let's let's talk about those other guys that's in the band <laughs> let's do that <laughs> so basically uh, in the very beginning of the formation like like we told you it, it was mainly me and man and um uh, then we started thinking about okay, the project from uh you know like okay so it's, it's a band and it needs to be a band basically we this can't just work out like two of us so Man brought in Saif and Shahar, and I'll let Man talk about Saif and Shahar. And uh, I brought in Saleh, which uh, which is very interesting because Saleh does not necessarily come from a musical background and does not necessarily listen to rock and metal. If anything, he listens to anything but rock and metal. <laughs> but uh, Saleh is is, is 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 one of the fastest learners of met in my entire life, and he's a very passionate. Uh, human being when it comes to anything work related and, and just artistic, uh, like art related. So uh, I do remember Man talking to me one day and he was like, so if you want to play keyboards, can you play keyboards? And I was like, I could play keyboards, but I can't sing and play keyboards at the same time. So we really got to bring someone to it. He was like, well, do you have anyone in mind? And I do remember Saleh at that time was, was kind of getting into that thing. So I was like, hey Saleh, listen, uh, we're doing this project uh, called Anahan, and uh, we might need someone to play keyboards. Would you be interested? And he was like, uh, yeah. And then he comes in and he basically does keyboards. He does like backing vocals. He does tabla. He does percussions. He does, he does everything. Piano. Like his station alone takes like half the stage usually. <laughs> so uh, that's Saleh. But Saleh comes mainly from, from uh, filmmaking and, and, and uh, basically... Basically, filmmaking uh, industry. He's a, he's a filmmaker. So, Anaham was his kind of uh, entrance into the world of uh, music. 
and honestly his energy his enthusiasm his, his input is, is, is something that i wholeheartedly appreciate so i brought in saleh and ma'am brought in saif chahir who are amazing musicians and bass players but i'll leave man to to talk about saif and the, no. this is this is the thing that we still haven't by the way expect a lot of the chat to explode we haven't talked about you guys said bass players <laughs> yep we did chat you guys know how we we we, we bust bass players balls all the time <laughs> all the time iman ahmed music's in the chat you she knows she knows what goes on here but multiple bass players is uh, something that we haven't faced before what uh <laughs> what is going on there yeah, so with uh, Shahir and Saif, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to VK. Thanks for following us on Instagram right now. Uh, so Shahir and uh, Saif, uh, I was in previous bands with both uh, Shahir and Saif around 2014 to 2017. Uh, so uh, I've known them very well. I've jumped with uh, both of them hundreds of times. So when we started this project, I, I thought of no one else. I just knew that Shahir and Saif were the way to go and then you know it, it was tricky to navigate two bases like i said one of our biggest regrets is uh, the mixing of our first song so uh yeah it, it can be tricky but we found a way to make it work by uh, i don't want to say mimicking guitar but cf is influenced by a lot of the uh quote-unquote gent band so he loves periphery and uh, tesseract and mm -hmm. so he he brings that elements he uses uh his bass to make these sounds that are super heavy, but a bit trebly, not not as bassy as, for example, what Shahir would bring. And this is where we find like the, the sweet spot of mixing both uh, Shahir's bassiness with Saif's treble. That's very cool because it, it it is when you hear it, and uh, I saw a couple of your um, your live videos from from the shows and stuff. When you when you hear it as a sentence at first, I'm like, that sounds, that's like a that's a wall of low end, you know. But then when you guys hear the tracks and when you see uh, you guys play live, it's um, it it uh, oddly makes sense. And I keep going back to this because I I think you guys have nailed the the visual aspect of of the band uh, meeting the the audible aspect of the band and even to a degree having two bassists as as part of the the you know the wall of uh, of members that you see when you when you're on stage it adds to that experimental um and and very very unique sound that you guys bring the fact that it's you know the language and the dialect and the the experimental nature of it it's two fucking bassists it's like it just all <laughs> adds adds to the sauce in the pot that is Ananahan, which I think a lot of people, and, and that's why you guys are one of my favorites from, from the Middle East. A lot of people uh, kind of, you. Uh, you know, uh, bands, bands, there are experimental rock bands in the Middle East, but uh, for this, this is like ingrained within the band fiber, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm making sense to you right now. It's just like even down to the members and the instruments that are played uh, is already experimental. That is the case. That is 100% the case. And, and again, I do feel like each member brings such a characteristic that is really special. That like, like, like I can't really, like, it's, it's not just the fact that 
it's two bases. It's also the fact that it's two bases with completely different approaches. Yeah. So like like Safe brings a completely different characteristic from Shahid, but they they have this chemistry that really works to, well together, and 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 they know exactly what they want when it comes to let's say the sonical direction of 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 of, of the bases. Very cool. A part of that was also that we like Shahir and I, Saif and I, and Shahir and Saif, we I mean, we were friends before we were uh, bandmates. So I think that also brings like a level of, you know, knowing someone that that contributes to the whole process. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I want to play I want to play everyone another track. This is uh this is Yom Bedun Shems, which translates to uh, the day a day without the sun. Um, could you give us a little, a little bit of, uh, a little bit about the song? Yeah, sure. So Yom Bidun Shams is uh, my favorite song. Uh, uh, we have two versions of it. We have an acoustic version, which was the version that, that started it all. It's a, a, like a, a song or a riff that was stuck with me for, I don't know, 10 years until I met Malik. So I just feel it was a song 10 years in the making or more. I don't know. But, uh, so I would recommend the full band version because it's a good example of what two bases do. And I think an, a, a good example of what each member contributes to the band, the send from yeah. Saleh, the singing from Malik, and then the two bases and the drums. Definitely. I feel it was, uh, yeah, yeah, a good example Yom of what Ananahna is. Yeah, Yom Dushan is the perfect example of like what the guys bring into the table. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, you guys, here we go. We're gonna mute this background music. And, uh, and get right into it. Like I said, um, there's a ton of questions in the question box. So drop yours in now because right after the song, we're, um, we're just gonna, we're just gonna power through all of your questions, you guys. And boom. There we go. What's going on? Welcome to the show, man.
So right off the bat, there we go. Third pause with a clap. Right off the bat, we have we have uh, a bunch of questions. First of all, Ace uh, wants uh, Ace wants to know uh, the story behind filming the music video, which I think. Is, uh, I Mr. Dialot, thank you for that three-month resub. That scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I didn't realize that was going to happen. That was loud. <laughs> that was really loud, Mr. Dialot. Thank you, though. Appreciate you. We we need to, we need to figure out why that happened. On, on the, it's supposed to be turned off during a podcast, you guys. Um, but I appreciate you, Mr. Dialot. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the Ace was asking about uh, stories uh, filming that music video, and I I also wanted to chime in and say. How uh, how did you guys pull that off? It's not easy for you know an independent band to to put together a music video, go film it, edit it, you color grade it, post it online. How uh, how was that going? Well, that was a, a collaboration uh, between us and um, an amazing friend we have called Soha Soha Banjer, who's also a visual artist and an art director. And we actually met Soha on on the first the very first show we did where we, we wouldn't even know if you were going to be a band or not. We just played this show to, to an audience that wasn't, wasn't necessarily a rock audience. But the, the feedback we got from the show was actually one of the things that, want, that made us want to continue being a band. So on that, that faithful day, we met uh, Soha. And Soha uh, brought her amazing ideas. We contacted her a few months after. And she brought her amazing ideas and she just did it for the love of it. She, she loved our sound. She loved the band. She loved the song. We sent her the song and she loved the song and she, you know, offered to help us with it. And uh, 
yeah we, we started sharing ideas so but maybe from the video uh the thing that's clear is that the whole idea of yom between chumps is the contrast between light and day and uh yeah so thanks for saha for working with us on, on this video and even the actor we got was a friend of ours so everyone just did it for the love of it and we i was just gonna say uh that it looks familiar the, the actor looks familiar is uh is that is that someone from the metal scene in saudi arabia uh no but i, I think he has uh, one of those uh familiar faces familiar metal okay. faces but, uh, i was I, think... I was i was thinking of uh, of someone from uh, from wasted land uh that oh yeah that looks... <laughs> yeah he does kind of look like him yeah. Um, oh no, you occurred something uh, heavier than mine. What did you write? What's going on over here in the chat? There's a bunch, bunch of questions. All right, let's let's um let's power through some of these questions while while we're still here. Um, as an Arab metal band, have you ever faced problems with people in government slash ignorance? Uh, this is from Rexter uh, from Lebanon. Either one of you guys could take that. Well, I'll, I'll just, um, you know, I think a few months ago, we, we sometimes get uh, hate DMs that are uh, condemning us to hell and stuff. So those affect us, but, you know, I think I still didn't learn to deal with them, but Malik is uh, quite uh, used to it. Or... or has been around it a little longer. Uh, Malik, we can't hear you. Malik, are you, uh, is there, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, I, I just realized I was using So the thing is, is uh, that um, despite the fact that we do kind of get those messages from time to time, the overwhelming majority of the messages are mostly good ones, like very supportive, uh, at least when it comes to the context of Anaheim. So I feel like those weigh out the hateful, ignorant one, let's say. Probably, yeah. You know? Yeah. Wait, but even the message... Something happened with the video. I can't see you guys anymore. Damn, Malik, where are you? I don't know. They got to us. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Give me, uh, give me two seconds. Let me. Oh, I need, I need to do it like this. Give me two seconds. I don't know what, why muting it would make the video disappear. But. Uh, Go. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, screw you, random biker. Exactly. Um, but what were where were we? Were you were um, what what was the fact on you? Yeah, I, I was saying that um, uh, at least when it comes to the context of Anahan, we don't get that much of let's yeah. say uh, ignorant and, and hateful messages, and and. If we do get those from time to time, the overwhelming majority of, 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 of the, let's say, feedback and messages that we get are very much heartwarming and embracing, if anything, honestly. Yeah. So uh, at least when it comes to Anahan specifically, I do believe uh, we're in a, in a very, let's say, good good place when it comes to uh, people in general. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know that wasn't the case back then. Let's say with the. Uh, you know, like back, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years ago. But um, at the moment, even even bands other than, uh, than uh, Anahim, like let's say Wasted Dance, for example, since we were performing with them last night, um, there is a whole lot of embrace 
right now within the community, which is honestly really nice to see. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this actually ties into Iman's question. Um, outside of outside of you know the general public and and how the the band is perceived from from everyone else, uh, Iman's asking, do your family and friends support your music? Um, in my case, for the most part, for the most part, yes. It's a very difficult. Um, I, I've I've learned that it's a very difficult uh, genre, rock and metal. Uh, no matter the spectrum, to explain to uh, to family that that don't necessarily uh, understand what what the hell we're doing, <laughs> especially trying to in my case, you know, show my dad very early on, uh, way before Zvengali, like you know, screaming into a microphone with a with a bass in my hand. He's like, what the, what, the, what, what is this guy? What is, what is wrong with you, buddy? Why are you doing this? Um, so, uh, yeah, for the for the most part is uh, is a good way to put it. But uh, man, how about you? Yeah, I think I think we're getting a lot of support uh, and I'm getting a lot of support uh, from my family and my mom loves the music, but she always asks me, why is Malik so angry? What happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, sometimes I, I fail to, like, express what uh, rock music is and why. I don't want to say it has to be angry, but it comes from a place of, I don't know, not rebellion, but it just, it, whoops, sorry. Yep. It's not, that's the thing. I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. My, my family also asks about, like, anger when it comes to the sound and it's like it, it sounds angry but what we're saying could be about anything right it could yeah. it could be interpreted in any way it just it just it's a little more on the aggressive side of uh, of the spectrum <laughs> that's yeah. for sure and and, and then the, 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 there's also this at least this this applies to let's say um the old generation uh of of, of people here uh they always view rock music and, and metal music as you know like uh satanic music yeah uh which sucks because you know it's it's, it's this stereotype that's been painted uh, and like engraved a long time ago um people are much more let's say uh, accepting right now of, of, of rock and metal music but um you really can't do much when it comes to people that come from from the older generation so yeah basically if, if i try if i try to open the conversation of, 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 of rock and metal with, let's say, my dad, for an example, um, it's not gonna go through. And I know that yeah. for a fact, you know, let alone the, even, even the subject of, of doing music full-time kind of aggravates him in a, in a sense. But that's, that's uh, as, as, as I said, like the, the, for the most part, they're mostly supportive, at least in, in, in my case, which is, which is nice. Yeah, very cool. Vulgar Gaming made a good point. That's actually the general population uh, that think that think, um, oh, that that sounds angry. That sounds um, uh, uh, it's Satan's music, as he said. Um, you forget that you know we are talking about rock and metal, and it is already a very uh, niche subgenre of 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 a lot of different things, and especially the more experimental you get, the more um niche becomes the more uh kind of very uh tight-knit the uh the audience and the, the people that understand it and the people that listen to it is so it's not very far-fetched to say like you know our families don't get it <laughs> especially from the middle east yeah <clears throat> but i would agree with malik that, like the, the general consensus i feel changed from Definitely. it being satanic to being just angry people music 
Yeah. And that's yeah. that's good. I, yeah, I, think, good. I think I think we're fine with that. You being busy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So don't don't lump us in with the with the devil. Just it, it, I, I can be angry. It's fine. Just don't. <laughs> Don't yeah. throw me up in that in that uh, category for sure. Um, uh, Fruit Pip saying, I once had to write Bible pages after my school principal saw some band pins on my backpack because oh, wow. it was devil's music. Oh my goodness, wow. that's pretty extreme. Oh, yeah. That is pretty extreme. I'm curious where that was. Do let us know, Fruit Pip, uh, where where in the world that that took place because that I've, I haven't heard anyone say that uh, before. Um, Derpy Paws has a question. If you could wish for one thing to happen to support the Saudi Arabian rock and metal scene, what would that thing be? That's, that's a good question, Derpy. That's a good and tough question. Uh, man, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm thinking that recently we had a lot of uh, like international artists tour Saudi and they played in Jeddah and Riyadh and uh, I feel that maybe none of them were rock musicians and so I feel like a good step would be for rock musicians to actually tour Saudi and this would give a chance for you know bands such as ourselves or so to be opening acts and I feel that would really really help yeah. so the closest 100%. thing I can think of is that uh, like some like I think Foo Fighters is playing uh, Abu Dhabi like next month or something yeah they are yeah so I think that would also help yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely something Somehow that's influenced the Saudi market. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that's completely solidified the uh, the UAE scene. For example, the fact that um, rock and metal bands can uh, or international rock and metal bands can play there meant that uh, local bands could open for those acts. Therefore, yeah. not only getting the experience and the exposure, but also exactly. kind of kind of learning what to do, what not to do at that international level and then take that and apply it to their own shows it uh, it, it very very cha much changed the um the the environment the scope of the scene over there yeah that's a great definitely. one definitely there's also the fact of like um we don't necessarily locally at least have like uh, the, the, the culture of, of, of let's say um going out and you know like buying music to support you know, local, local bands. Yeah. Uh, the music scene locally is still very much maturing. It's not there yet. And we completely understand that. And, and we're trying as best as possible to, to you know, like be part of it, but at the same, at, at, at the same time, not expecting uh, a lot when it comes to, let's say, rapid change. We know that it's going to take its time. And at the same time, we do know that... Um, there are certain entities that are emerging right now, such as like record, record labels. And for example, I would like to mention uh, Wall of Sound, which is which Anna has, is, uh, is a part of. Uh, shout out to Ahmed Chali and all the guys at the Wall of Sound. So Wall of Sound is, is basically a music label uh, in Saudi Arabia. And, and the whole concept of, of, of music labels basically is, is not some, or at least like record labels, is not something that is commonly known or at least established in a sense. So we've got these guys who are, you know, taking those risks and, and trying to put these uh, lesser-known bands and, and these new sounds and uh, basically new acts in places just to get people to get, you know, familiar with them and be part of the norm. But basically, take the underground from the underground and make it, you know, like music that is public to everyone. 
yeah so yeah yeah very cool and i i would add to that list i would just say just venues yes just yes. venues just a place that is made for a band to plug a guitar in and uh, hit a hit a snare drum because a lot of the times especially in the middle east where it, it's expanding it's blowing up and but we're playing like you know um boardroom meeting <laughs> boardroom meeting <laughs> venues and and like you said it was like at hotels and at coffee shops where it's not necessarily made for for that sound so i think just a, a venue here and there might uh, might add add things uh, to uh, to growing the scene. Yeah, yeah, I do one hundred percent agree on that point. We really need venues. <laughs> we seriously need venues. <laughs> we uh, we have a bunch more questions. Let me get uh, to Fruit Pip's question. Saudi Arabia has always been uh, seen a certain way by foreigners. As Adnan mentioned, uh, do you feel there are things you can't address or do you feel like you're able to express yourself freely and talk about anything you want? Uh, and I I'm assuming uh, Fruit Pip is, um, is focusing on talk about anything you want uh, within the music as well. Um, I think musically, at least, uh, within the context of like, what we're doing in Anaheim, I, and please correct me if I'm wrong, man, uh, but I never felt at any point where we were like, oh, we could be crossing a red line here when we talk about a certain subject. So I do think we, we, we have at least a certain uh, capacity of freedom to really express ourselves in a way that feels genuine and truthful without, you know, um, I don't know, but basically our rule is um, if we're not being honest, then let's not make it. And I do wholeheartedly believe that all the music that we do in Anamahan is, is wholeheartedly honest. And no, I don't, I, I've never felt the pressure that, oh, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do, do that. Because we know, we know where that line is and we know what not to cross and we know what we're supposed to talk about. And we talk about that freely, 100%, basically. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the perception uh, on Saudi Arabia has changed in the last five years. 100%, yeah. There's something really positive. And so we're really excited about, you know, exploring this change. And, that, and, and, and this change is, is very rapid. And it's happening so fast to the point where uh, you, we're still not comprehending that these changes are happening, you know? I think I think that's th that explains it more uh, than than we could if we sat here and talked about the gradual change because <clears throat> just the idea of it being so dr so extreme and so fast that uh, that it's actually like um, it's actually confusing to a lot of people <laughs> like when I when I, I was I was telling some people uh, friends of mine that are Arab but they're they're based here in the states that you know. Uh, we we have uh, guests coming on the show. They they played a show yesterday with with a fifteen year old uh, metal band, uh, a power metal band, a death metal band called Creative Waste. And these guys are playing experimental rock. And 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 the guys here were like, "Wait, what? Where is this? When <laughs> when did, when did all of this happen?" And uh, it's it is it is too fast to comprehend. It. Uh, I think that's the best way to explain it. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have our very own Ace from Steel Shout, an amazing podcast, amazing supporter of everything rock and metal from the Middle East. Has uh, one of the very one of the 
only rock and metal uh, podcast that that uh, is in Arabic, and it's uh, it's a fucking blast. I was on there uh, on on one of the episodes as well. He's an amazing host and a very uh, very awesome part of the tribe. Um, Ace says, uh, "Where do you guys wish you can play out of Saudi Arabia, and which bands do you want to play with, either global or local?" I mean, if we just happen to uh, open for Foo Fighters next month. <laughs> 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 would that be Sorry, would, would that be a top tier like would that be something you guys are thriving towards uh, like a full fighters uh, opening slot I mean yeah that would be that would be amazing I feel yeah. like if we open for uh, I think if we open for corn two members of the band will die me and Shahir because <laughs> we're like <laughs> Sorry Malika I interrupted you what were you saying No, no, no. I, I was saying uh, I don't really know the answer to the second question. I mean, like the options are endless, but I do know I do know the answer to the first question. Where I would like to play outside, like outside of Saudi, and the answer is definitely Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Man, oh man, I really want to perform in Egypt. Me too, man. A vulgar gaming says playing with corn would be a childhood dream. Uh, oh yeah! Never even got to see them live. I got to see them live in Dubai, which is which is mind-boggling to say as well. But um, but mine would be corn. Mine would be uh, corn as well. Uh, ah, they're definitely amazing. up there. I mean, my nickname back in high school was Hadnan, Had and then nice, Hadnan yeah. because because I was so obsessed with corn. They called me Had, and it was just so stupid. But I would I would probably die if you guys opened for corn. I would still pass out. <laughs> just just vicariously living through you um but that's uh, that's a good uh, that's a good question ace thank you for that um wadji with a question uh Wajiha, also another amazing person from uh, the middle eastern uh rock and metal scene she's got a, a blog called all day press play uh reviews and interviews with a bunch of different uh musicians from around the world and is also a junior uh artist manager over guilty gorilla nice. management now in in the middle east So a massive shout out to Wadi. She says, "I can hear some particular band influences, uh, but I can't pinpoint them exactly. So, what are the members' major rock and metal artist influences?" And uh, added, "Sorry if this was already answered. It wasn't, uh, but we do know we do know that Corn is one of them." <laughs> <laughs> so, Malik, do you want to give us like your top three influences? Um. So th- th- this is the parts where where you see how like drastic influences after each one of us um my favorite three bands of all time i would say are depeche mode nine inch nails and uh, uh let's let's say tool for now um and i kind of lean more into the electronic slash industrial uh sounds and uh sonical let's say uh, aesthetics um I love synthesizers so much and everything that synthesizers represent. And uh, yeah, yeah, my, that's that's I, li- I I listen to everything of course. But uh, if if I had to choose like uh, certain influences it would definitely be Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails. Very cool. Also two two very drastically different sounding uh, you know uh, influences which which kind of adds to the sound that you guys already have. Yeah. And man, how about you? I'd say uh, my top three would be Corn and uh, 
chili peppers. Chili peppers were, you know, an essential part of my uh, upbringing. And then uh, the third, I would say, uh, the Mars Volta. Nice. I mean, Mars Volta, man, they changed my life. Once I heard it, I couldn't, I could not undo what I heard. They like, x, 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 I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. It just opened something in my brain. And I maybe a lot of the music is influenced by some of the teachings of Mar Mars Volta, if you will. Yeah, that's the very cool. There you go. Yeah. The Lingo 2 and 3 in the chat is, is losing his mind because you said Mars Volta. <laughs> and Lingo, thank you for the 100 biddies, man. Appreciate it. Uh, that, that goes a long way. Finally, someone likes them, he says. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting for a guest to say Mars Volta is an influence. <laughs> but it does, uh, it, does, it does kind of funnel into the sound of, uh, of Ananahan and uh, I think it's one of, one of the coolest things that it is such a broad spectrum uh, list of influences because uh, mine are very I'm a caveman you guys I, I listen to hardcore and I sing about positive shit like that's that's, <laughs> that's all I, I you know everyone makes fun of me in the chat they're always like what's your next song going to be about you know I made coffee and I love my friends and they're not joking that's what <laughs> I'm just I'm just a simpleton. So it's it's always nice to see um a lot of uh, a lot of the the more expanded kind of uh, influences being pulled in and and uh added to to a single sound. Um where where's Ananahan going to going to turn to next? What do you guys what do you guys have in the pipeline? Um well, we have the album, that's for sure. And uh we're closing in on that. So uh I don't want to say dates or say, say anything, but definitely next year. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one more song, uh, one more, like, let's say, big single release coming up uh, next soon. And of course, we'll keep doing live performances as, as much as we can. And we really, we really and sincerely and genuinely hope we're able to play uh, outside of Saudi soon, you know, like, and, and just do something outside, basically. Yeah, so That's far, good. I think. Let's Release. start off with uh, with with Ananahan in Dubai. We're gonna make that happen. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna help you guys oh, make that yes. happen. Please do, please do. Sorry, I cut you off there, man. I don't know. I just wanted to add to what Malik was saying. Though I think we released seven songs of the album, and then we have one more, and then we're gonna release the the full album. Yeah. Very cool. That's very yeah, very cool. Yeah, Dubai, man. Dubai. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna we're gonna do that shit. I promise you guys. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Um, and uh, but just before before we start wrapping up, I have one more question for you guys that I like to end every show on. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to each and every single one of uh, the guys that are that are in the chat. Everybody that asked a question. Everybody that threw subs and the bits and and hit the follows and the two raids we've had. You guys are are actual maniacs. I love you. And we wouldn't be able to do the show without each and every single one of you uh, here and uh, and all the beautiful support that you guys always throw our way. And, um, and to our guests, Malik and Man, uh, for sitting down with me for, for almost two hours, talking your ears off, uh, asking you all the questions. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to tell I'm having so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun, and I'm. I feel like I'm getting to know you guys better. Uh, it, I don't know if you if you feel this to, this way. When I when I meet, if especially if it's I've heard uh, songs from a band before, and then I meet the people behind it, and, and not only because of the podcast, but just generally speaking, meet people behind it, it kind of adds a different layer to to the music. So when you listen to it again, I'm always like, ah, 
that weirdness comes from that guy. That's how I know. <laughs> so, so it just it adds that flavor to it. So I'm really, really glad that we got to sit down and have this conversation and uh, and uh, get to know you better. It, it's added some spice to my Ananahan experience. Thank you. Thank you so much Thanks for having, for having us. So are you guys ready for this uh, for this last question? And everybody in the chat, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, after the last question, we're, uh, we'll, we'll uh, wrap the, uh, the podcast episode, but we're going to go raid someone. We're going to yell some shit. Remember last time we raided someone? We, got, we all got banned. Let's try, to, let's try to not to do that today. <laughs> we, let's try not to do that today. Um, yeah, Vulgar Gaming. Let's not talk about what happened last time, but do stick around for the raid. Um, the giveaway, we'll, uh, we'll do it on, uh, on Saturday, Derpy Paws. I want to try the, um, the mosh, the... That game, the mosh game. I don't know. My brain is fried. But, <clears throat> Malikan Man. Gonna wait, kill the background music here. <sighs> I need to, I need to ask you guys a question. It's always, it's always, I, 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 yeah, I need to prep you guys. Wait, maybe even, let's just zoom in a little bit. Just, if you had a time machine, and you were able to go back in time just to when you started getting into music started you know falling in love with the 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 creative process and you were to give your younger self a piece of advice or say something to young you what would that be starting with me make all the mistakes you could make basically Make mistakes. That's a great one. That's a great one. Make mistakes, man. What would uh, what would yours be? I would say, uh, like, are you looking for something I could change, or it's however you interpret it. It's however you interpret that question. Well, I would say I think just don't be afraid to listen to whatever you like. If you like pop, listen to pop. If you like rock, listen to rock. If you like hip hop, listen to hip hop. Don't like don't be influenced by people around you and listen to what you want to listen to. Do you feel like there has been a time in your life where you were kind of steered in a direction more than another because of the because of the social element of it? I feel so, yeah, but I always found like sanctuary in, in rock music. And honestly, that's so this is just like one advice that I would I would give people. Is that Hell just yeah. listen to what you if you find sanctuary in something, don't let anyone else convince you that this is not where you need to be. Amazing. Uh, amazing. So uh so make mistakes and uh and do your thing, basically, your is thing. is the gist of of the episode. Is the gist of the episode. Just do your thing. Wise words uh from VK, we don't talk about hey, you guys, why are you why are you mentioning Creed? Creed is a, a banned word in the chat, by the way, you guys. If you I don't know if you know that's we're not allowed to say the word creed thank you um i very much appreciate it um if you guys haven't already please uh check out the uh, the youtube channel and check out their their instagram and uh like uh, uh like man was saying it's it's a work of art like genuinely i i genuinely love it so exclamation point guest in the chat you'll get both of those links um and they're also on the uh um, new wave of middle eastern metal playlist that myself and uh abasim from blackium curate thank you for the clap ace and um yeah and we'll we'll be we'll be back on uh, on saturday uh for uh, for more madness 
Uh, I love you guys. We're going to go raid uh, our good friends uh, over at Bloodstock Festival, uh, which is mind boggling to me that we say our friends from Bloodstock Festival. But this show has facilitated some some crazy, crazy things. So um, so let's let's do this. How about we all go over there and instead of yelling something that might get us banned like last time, uh, let's all say play Ananahan, A-N-A dot N7N. We all go over there and we all make him play the music video from uh, from Ananahan and get Ananahan on the Bloodstock Festival Twitch. How about that? You guys, uh, you guys down for that? Make mistakes and play Ananahan. There you go. That's the one we're going <laughs> um and uh, and we we have a tradition around here you guys uh but we we have two people for the very first time so i don't know who, which one of you guys wants to do this to officially end the episode uh we have we have the guests say the words hit the outro so um i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking i'm gonna thank everybody in the chat and cut to you you guys could say whatever you want and then when you're ready say the words hit the outro it'll officially end the episode Am I supposed to do that now? You are supposed to do that now. Whatever, uh, whenever unless you want to. If, if you guys want to, if you guys want to say anything else, the, the floor is yours. How are you giving me a countdown, and we'll both say it together, Malik? Oh, hit the outro. Okay. Hit the outro.